0: You are listening to certification conversations from the BSI Education Podcast in collaboration with BSI Certification, helping organizations to embed best practice. Today's episode is on PASS 2060, demonstrating carbon neutrality.
1: Hello. My name is Matthew Chiles and this is Certification Conversations, a series from the BSI Education Podcast developed in collaboration with our friends at BSI Certification. This series features some key standards and certification schemes and explores how they help organisations of all types and in all sectors to improve the way they do things and to get to where they need to go. With our guests, we discuss how organisations can use standards to manage psychological health and safety in the workplace, how they can provide better customer service, and how they can provide protections for vulnerable consumers. This episode is about the standard PAS 2060, demonstrating carbon neutrality. And our guest is Dan Cusbit from BSI. I spoke to Dan about the standard and how it helps organisations. Before we hear from him, Here's a quick guide to PAS-2060.
0: PAS-2060 is the internationally recognized specification for carbon neutrality. Updated in 2014, it sets out requirements for quantification, reduction, and offsetting of greenhouse gas emissions for organizations, products, and events. The standard enables organizations to demonstrate that their carbon neutrality claims are credible. A PAS or publicly available specification is a fast track standardization document, the result of an expert consulting service from BSI. Sponsored by industry leaders, government and public sector, trade associations, or professional bodies, around 30% of PASs have gone on to form the basis of international standards.
1: Hi, Dan. Welcome to the BSI Education Podcast. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you. Now, let's begin like we do with all of our guests. What's been your standards journey? How did it start for you? And where are you now?
2: I think, like a lot of people listening, perhaps uh, by accident, I made an application to BSI some six years ago now. And here I am, it's uh, as the the business development manager for BSI here in Scotland. It's been uh, a one where There are a lot of clients, of course, in Scotland and and throughout the UK where I support their standard journey from what is ISO 9001, 14001 and the likes, and I essentially act as the conduit between that request and um, indeed attaining that certification.
1: Now obviously you're talking to you uh, in Scotland and the entire world actually is looking at at Scotland and Glasgow in particular at the moment because COP26 is taking place as we're recording. And obviously an important issue around the whole issue of climate change is around carbon neutrality. But what does carbon neutrality actually mean and why does it matter?
2: I think carbon neutrality is an interesting one because of course... Terminology is where a lot of people are looking for solutions just now. Net zero, net zero carbon, carbon free, carbon negative. There are a lot of claims being made by a variety of governments, organisations, and and of course, targets that they're setting themselves on net zero. And I think the uh, carbon neutrality itself relates to, uh, I guess the technical aspects would mean not uh, having a a period by which you are not emitting any more than you did in that period uh, before. Now,
1: earlier we heard our quick guide to PAS 2060. Why was the standard created and what problem does it seek to solve?
2: So, the creation of it goes right the way back to uh, the development of the publicly available specification, uh, typically a need which is is required to be addressed rapidly, where the Standards Committee convene to answer a problem and indeed gather thoughts and, and opinion on what is indeed carbon neutrality and what do they seek to solve from it. The, the sponsorship of this it was actually to do with the um, environmental agency in Taiwan, where of course they were one of the committee members developing the standard back in 2014, uh, ahead of publication. What does it seek to solve? Uh, it's very much pertinent now. Uh, here we are, seven years on, where there is again this terminology uh, deficit, where the, there are many solutions perhaps available for for organisations uh, and us indeed as consumers to think about our footprint. But from a standards perspective, it of course allows that repeatability uh, in order to 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 commit that response and indeed set a target for for yourself.
1: And how do organisations actually use PAS 2060?
2: So it's a bit like footprints in the snow where I guess any standard is is used because it is that common uh, recipe perhaps that you can refer to to set that path. But I think footprints in the snow where you can imagine if you're going off doing your own thing, um, you could end up very confused and and perhaps lost and and not meeting your destination. Whereas if someone has has indeed walked that path for you, uh, I Particularly use footprints, but of course a lot of this revolves around our own carbon footprint. But if you were to to follow on those uh, those footprints, then you can indeed have uh, one clear focused area by which to um, to 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 make your journey towards net zero. And I, I firmly believe carbon neutrality is indeed one of the first ways that we can we can do that. So from our experience with organisations seeking to uh, understand more about PAS twenty sixty. They themselves are somewhere on their journey towards net zero, but indeed their own personal knowledge isn't there. But of course, they are being sought by uh, their own internal teams and perhaps senior management to to forge this path uh, for the organisation. Now, typically, in my five and a half years uh, with BSI, it has been uh, quality managers, health and safety managers, environment managers, to work with them on their management systems and indeed the certification to other standards. Now, PAS 2060 in itself, again, is, is new terminology for people. So having the standard, having access to it, it requires you to uh, define and measure your, your carbon footprint. Uh, using the information you gather from that, the data that you may already have available to you, you then use the standard to look at areas perhaps to reduce and you formulate a carbon reduction plan. If you then have uh, unavoidable uh, measurements of, of carbon from, you, from your uh, output, you would then look to perhaps offset those. And again, the standard points to certain areas where uh, from a carbon credits perspective, again, that you have this avenue where you're trying to decide which uh, carbon credits and which route do I go down. Again, the standard specifies within their areas to to look at for offsetting. Once you have all that in place, the the latter part is to to look at Again, defining and measuring to see if your reductions are actually working, uh, but you document that in what is called a qualifying explanatory statement, which uh, those that are, are going on this journey, they would then publicly uh, share that, and it's something they then revisit uh, every year for the reporting period. The validation piece is where BSI ourselves would come in and, and verify the information that's contained within that to ensure that we can indeed quantify it, verify it based on historical evidence Um in order to to claim past 2060 verification.
1: Here's me interrupting my conversation with Dan to tell you that for more information on BSI education, go to bsigroup.com forward slash education. Do please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what we do here on the hashtag BSID pod, and you listen to us via Apple podcasts, then please consider giving us a five-star rating. It's quick and easy, and it really does make a difference to us being found via search and recommendations. Share us on social media using that hashtag BSID pod. And if you have any comments or questions about this episode or previous episodes, or even ideas for future episodes, then please get in touch at education at bsigroup.com. We really Welcome your feedback. In this second part of my conversation with Dan, he refers to Scope 1, 2 and 3 emissions. Scope 1 are the greenhouse gas emissions that an organisation makes directly, for example while running its boilers and vehicles. Scope 2 are the emissions it makes indirectly, like when the electricity or energy it buys for heating and cooling buildings is being produced on its behalf. Scope three are emissions the organisation is indirectly responsible for up and down its value chain. For example, for its products when customers use them. Emissions wise, scope three is nearly always the big one. So you've talked there about the sort of process about how an organisation would, would take and, and use the standard. I suppose looking then beyond that, it's, it's been adopted and used. What are the benefits for that, for that organisation of using PAS 2060?
2: I think again, going to the point of the where we find ourselves in the marketplace of the routes to net zero, and again that targets, uh, you know, twenty forty five for for the Scottish government, twenty fifty for the UK government. Organizations will be uh, a, a major part in in government strategies for this, where they themselves have to be thinking about their the scopes one, two, and three, the position they play in the supply chain of of indeed clients and suppliers. And ultimately supporting each other in this and doing our bit, not just as consumers, but but organisations to cut through the uh, claims and, and, of course, substantiate those. And that's where PAS2060 really helps is to, to have this common place, this common goal uh, and this point of reflection where the committee themselves have established this as the standard for carbon neutrality. Beyond that, the substantiation of of claims, understanding more about greenhouse gases, and of course, um, it's consumer confidence. Uh, Again, the position you play in the the supply chain, the ability to have shoulders back from what impact you have on the environment to to understand the data and ensure that it's accurate, it's verifiable. Uh, and, And indeed, as we start to move through into the communication of the competition markets authority and the likes looking to really stamp down on greenwashing as as is very much common in uh, in any market right now it's the opportunity to again substantiate where where your position is on that um carbon neutrality may not be indeed the the route that you choose to to go down but it is absolutely one of the first steps towards your, your net zero journey
1: now, if organisations do choose to go down that, that route, as you described there, who is the standard for? You know, What type and size of organisations?
2: So interestingly, again, from the other management system standards, ISO 9001, 14001 and the likes, which are very much organisation-led, where a management system is put in place according to the standard. This is a standard where it is almost agnostic, where anything from a business, a product, an event, can all be uh, can all use pas 2060 as their their means of identifying opportunities to to reach carbon neutrality? Uh, for example, you've mentioned obviously COP 26. Here we are uh, in Scotland, where the world is is indeed eyes on and. PAS2060 is, of course, being used by the conference to be one of the first COPs to achieve carbon neutrality. And, and using PAS2060 is, of course, an absolute vote of confidence into where people should commit uh, their their knowledge and their journey towards carbon neutrality and indeed net zero. Um, as the world, uh, of course, looks to COP26 for the solutions and, of course, the legacy that it then leaves, I think PAS2060 is a real vote of confidence to have... Uh, the the COP certify to that. And
1: are there any other requirements or or systems that organisations or events uh, that need to have in place in order to use PAS 2060?
2: There's no um, one requirement, I would say, before PAS 2060, but PAS itself mentions other uh, avenues. So ISO 14064, part one, is a way in which they can determine their uh, footprints, their scopes, relating to greenhouse gases uh, and, and the seven gases that, that may play part in their estate. Um, it's one area where they can support that. Others, past 2050, if you're very much from a, in goods and services, it allows you to calculate the, the footprints from those. Past 2080 is very focused towards infrastructure and, and the elements of your carbon footprint within that. So there are many supporting standards Again, going back to COP26, ISO twenty twelve one, there was a standard that was created in the run-up to the London Olympics. And because the event of indeed COP26 for the size that it is, and a sustainable event, the, the applicability of ISO twenty twelve one is absolutely there as well. And, and we're delighted that they've chosen BSI to certify them on that.
1: And how does PAS2060 relate to other standards that support the achievement of, of net zero?
2: So again, from my experience with the likes of the uh, environmental managers that we, uh, we we communicate with in my role, ISO fourteen thousand and one uh, is is one of the most common that is opted internationally. And ISO fourteen thousand and one and its most recent guys would talk about the environmental impact aspects, talking about your uh, life cycle of products from a manufacturing perspective. So again, the the introduction of that in to creating an environmental management system will support organisations into determining their position in the supply chain and indeed their impact from an environmental perspective. Uh, That indeed includes legislative when we're looking at the the controls that you have in place for for that. Beyond that, uh, you also have ISO 50001, an energy management standard, where organisations that would have to comply with ESOS would be able to use ISO 50001 as their control from an energy management perspective. That would also feed into PAS 2060 again from an energy usage when you're gathering that data to support where you uh, your readiness for PAS 2060 and indeed picking that up for the first time. It's probably a path that you have already created yourself, and, and indeed data that, that is inherent within the organisation. You'll have that uh, that at your fingertips. So the the suite of standards from a sustainability perspective are are indeed there to support. We also have other areas from a thought leadership perspective, as as the national standards body, where our net zero barometer reports um, talk about the readiness of industries and particular sectors uh, for this, and it goes into further detail about the applicability of fourteen thousand one, fifty thousand one, and the likes for for organisations. As a final thought, uh, recently the committee for ISO 14068 met as that standard is looking to be uh, updated and perhaps replaced PAS 2060 itself. PAS 2060 still remains one of the most current uh, in terms of your objectives for carbon neutrality. But with the publication of 14068 likely to be into late 22 and early 23, uh, it's something where the applicability of um the consumer confidence and trust and the likes towards carbon neutrality, ISO themselves see this as a worldwide, a global applicable standard in order for organisations to look and determine their carbon footprint.
1: So, how about in the future then, Dan? Looking looking into the five next five to ten years as organisations try to take on this challenge of carbon neutrality, where do neutrality? Where do we go next?
2: I think it's an interesting point. So, if I look back on my career with BSI so far, and the variety of organisations I've, I've worked with to support from a quality, environmental, or health and safety perspective, I think never more has there been a time where organisations are doing their own self-reflection, posturing, and seeing what their impact is. And from a sustainability avenue, I think the the applicability of the standards I've mentioned, the fourteen thousand one fifty thousand one, are very much there. But with ISO committees meeting to understand from a carbon and a net zero perspective, I think that area is only going to grow. Uh, I think from the conversations I'm having right now, where people are understanding past 2060 for the first time, where they're at in their journey is still trying to define their own and measure their own carbon footprint. I would like to see in five years' time, you would have organisations that would know their scopes one and two intimately And then, of course, having their reliance on their suppliers to inform them from their scope three aspect. But if you could think of it in uh, organisations from supermarkets and the likes, they're, of course, requesting of their suppliers their scope three emissions, because that is indeed the scope one and two of of indeed the supply chain companies. And I think from looking now into the next five years, organisations will be requested to share their carbon footprints and, and share that externally. And this, I would imagine, would be linked to shareholder responsibility and shareholder satisfaction to have organisations impart that knowledge to, to to share that and understand that so that organisations can really understand their impact. That may be legislative-led. You know, There's already communication in terms of UK carbon tax and carbon levies. There are already communications from a government perspective that access to certain contracts and, and tenders are led by the organisation's understanding of their carbon footprints so that that can only go to support that of the clients that they are satisfying. So in the next five years, I think to be able to substantiate these claims and understand from a carbon footprint perspective that this isn't led by opinion, it's led by the data. Past 2060 absolutely is is, is the standard for that.
1: My thanks to Dan Cusbitt for this particular certification conversation and to you for listening. To find out more about PAS 2060, visit bsigroup.com forward slash PAS 2060. The next episode in this series is on the customer service kite mark. Exclusive to BSI, this kite mark certification is based on British and international standards and regular measurement of customer satisfaction. To make sure you don't miss out, subscribe to the BSI Education Podcast now, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You have been listening to an episode of the BSI Education Podcast. To find out more, visit bsigroup.com forward slash education.